It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, here we go. We do a podcast on this lovely Wednesday. And usually it's just me and Al just rambling on, rambling on, 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 on. But today... For the second time in a calendar year, we have a special guest. Now, this gentleman spent his hard-earned money to sit in as part of the Hungerthon benefit, and that is very cool. His name is Andrew Lee. We had a good hour with him last year. He's back again. What's up, Andrew? How are you? Hello, Al. Hello, Jerry. Oh, good hi, to be back. Andrew. What is up? Now, last time I uh, just started a podcast, started the podcast regularly. Then, many minutes through, I realized you had brought some topics of your own. So. Do you have topics today? I don't want to delay them. I want to get right to your topics you need answers to. Absolutely. I came with uh, two page, two pages worth of topics. Wow. Two pages. I normally have, a, for a podcast, I have a, a posty note, and I'll write a couple words <laughs> down, things I wanted to remember to ask Jerry about. Like, I have a lot of ants at home now. I was, I, that would have been on my list for the day. Talk to Jerry about my hand situation. So two pages is quite a lot. By the way, where's your friend? He didn't make the trip with you this year. Well, here's the thing, Jerry. I actually moved to Florida. So wow. there is um, – I, I moved like two months ago. Oh, good for you. So uh, I don't know that many people down in Florida. Right. But uh, it would have been a hassle to try to coordinate yes. someone coming from Maryland. No, no, understood. Coming and from, from, and coming where Florida. in Florida are you now? Uh, Fort Lauderdale. Oh, nice. Good for you. Doing? We're stupid, Jerry. We're idiots. God, darn it. Actually, I'm doing uh, I, I'm doing the owl lifestyle. I moved right next to the beach in a condo next to the beach. Love it. And unlike Al, I actually go to the beach. What? And you also get more months at the beach. That is yeah. true as well. That's the beauty of that. That's a yeah, living at the beach in New Jersey is cool for a few months and then it gets really sad for a, <laughs> for a lot of months. It gets it gets depressing. I like there's it. no one there. And it it's looks, gray. Yeah, it's gray. Yep. Man, Florida is where it's at. Good for you. I'm impressed. I yeah. like it. I highly recommend it. It's been uh, fantastic so far. Nice. nice. So I guess uh, I'll start with the first topic on my list. Please do. Apparently, inflation is a real thing. I mean, this thing cost $2,500 last year, and it was up to 2800 this what? year. Wow. <laughs> well, we th- well, the Hungerthon people thank you, too. Yeah, the Hungerthon. Oh, the so, so someone was battling you? There was no battle this year. It was just uh, I, I put in the last bid and uh, I, I won. I guess, and they hit uh, you up at twenty twenty eight hundred. Yeah, this uh, this thing is accelerating at a rapid pace. Well, we I'd get next year three thousand dollars for this, Jerry. Well, we'll see. Unless the... inflation comes back down and it's twelve hundred. Right. Good point. <laughs> right. We don't want that. I <laughs> know. Would, would be that bad. be good for the com- for the economy or bad if the if the I charity think infl- if inflation comes down, it's good because people have more money to spend. But would be bad for the charity if the price came down. I don't know the answer to that. Okay, fair enough, Jerry. But then the charity would have 
their money would go further if inflation was down. Very true. With less cash. Very true. That is correct, Al. Yes, thank you. So I'll start with a with a question for you guys. Do we have any uh, Do we have any data? How were the How were the downloads on my last uh, appearance? Was That's it, a good uh, question. Uh, I don't know. I will tell you that our downloads are pretty consistent. Um, there are not really any spikes, or when there are spikes, there aren't any really good reasons for it. I think people download it or don't download it, and then they see what's going on. That's reassuring. Good Unless to know that I did yeah. tank the, no, uh, no, 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 the no, five-star no. rating on Matter Apple. of fact, I think it's cool because it's different, something yeah, like this. I think the only way it would that you could spike it is if you were somebody who had a large social media following. and then I you got not. Right, exactly. Who, who is? You know what I mean? Like, it's difficult to do that. that. I think that's the only way certain podcasts spike over others for all, all the podcasts. Especially world. if you're consistent. Yeah, if you're consistently doing your regular podcast and you have – uh, somebody with a big following who tweets out that they're going to be on it and people are interested in that, that'll spike a number. Which, by the way, Andrew, in 2022, we took over as the number one Odyssey podcast. Yeah, Odyssey original podcast. Out That's right. That was also the year that I came aboard. So. Yes, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Interesting. I might take a little bit of credit for that. All right. 150th. One 150th <laughs> credit. You got it. So I, I do recall last year that uh, the description for the podcast was Alan Jerry talked to a listener. Anyway, I can get my name in the description this Absolutely. Year? How do you spell your last name? <laughs> X-I? L-I. L-I. X oh, is L-I. my middle name. Oh, I knew there was an X oh, in there. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. if I say Andrew L-I. Yes. Sits down with Alan Jerry. Now, that, that's kind of neat. I can I'll, do that. That would we be my name, yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's well. awesome. Um, and I did ask this last year. This is the last of my sort of introductory questions. Okay. But uh, how, how is the man friend Paul doing? Is he still around? Is he still alive? <laughs> Good. I do have a, a, a man friend Paul update. Paul uh, has uh, is married, but he may he was been married a couple of years now. But he did just he was always an apartment dweller, and he and his wife just purchased a townhome. Mm. So they're finding out what it means to be owners. Instead. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, they are finding that. That it does suck. There's a lot of uh, things that need to be fixed in homes. So Paul is still working a lot from home, but uh, seems to be doing well. Marriage seems to be going well. He's got a dog now that... Uh, so your experience with Whimsy did not dissuade him? No. Although, I got to tell you, he, he's he got a, one of these dogs that you can't leave home alone. Oh, boy. Yeah. Nor did Jerry's experience in homeownership. Right. Him. This is Al. You just read my mind because on my list is uh, comparing living in a house versus a condo or apartment. Yeah, well, Jerry has been uh, talking about this recently about the home ownership versus renting, renting or even townhoming. Yeah, what do you would you say are the main differences between not renting, but if you're owning a condo or townhouse versus owning a home? Why well, it would depend on your HOA and what they're taking yeah. care of and what they're fixing. If you're responsible for everything, yeah. it's the same. It's just a smaller place to take care of. Yeah, that, I always try to do the math on that, right? So with a homeowners association, I think mine is like three seventy a month. Is that more or less a month I would be spending on maintenance? What do you get? What do we get, Jerry? We get um, the the grounds, right? All right, so because so, I can tell you, when I lived in Brick, down in Brick, New Jersey, our property taxes, which were very low, I want to say, man, were $3,000 a year, which in Jersey is low, maybe even 2800 We got with that um, 
sewer garbage pickup, recyclables, and there was something else. I forget. There's no garbage pickup in my town um, now where I am. So that cost me $300 a quarter. That was something I never had to deal with. Plus the landscaping is about approximately $200 a month. So right off the bat, your HOA is probably covered by what I'm spending to take care of the grass and just have the right. garbage be picked up. Now, the problem with that is they could decide, and they do at the end of every year, hey, guess what? Next year, it's true. now 380 and true. then 390 And then, oh, this is a bad year. We had to bump it up $50. And there's, it's never going to come down. But I also do think that if you buy a home and you keep it for a number of years, it does seem like it makes you money over time. It should. It should, but not Depending always. Depending upon the market. Over a long period of time, it should. Right. I was in Basking Ridge, a beautiful neighborhood that work out with a great high school, like a highly ranked public high school. And I was in my condo for nine years and I lost about 20 grand. Right. It's not, there's no, nothing Sucks. is set in stone. But the place I moved into now, three years ago. You're making money. I, I probably can make 45% on what I paid for it. If, if I were to sell it now, but right then now. I got to go somewhere. Right. Now, it's tough. when you say you make 45%, is that the amount that you put in um, initially, including the, I assume you got a mortgage? When yeah. yeah. You, um, does that include the amount that you borrowed? Um, no, I think when I look at it, I'm like, if I paid, let's, for round numbers, let's say I paid 500 for it three years ago, I could probably sell it for 750 But that 500 includes an amount that you borrowed yeah, yeah, from yeah. the bank. Yeah, that's that's sort of what my experience has been looking at, like people that own rental properties and such. It's a good investment in terms of what other investment would the bank allow you to borrow 80 percent on. They're not going to let you borrow 80 percent to just put in the stock market. No, even though you could the average return on the stock market is like 11 percent a year. But there's nothing that they can take from you if, in fact, the stock market crashes. (laughs) Correct. Correct. Right. So, I mean. People say that real estate is a good investment. It's a good investment if you you can take out um, a high amount of debt yeah. on it. But that's sort of an unfair comparison to other assets because you can't really borrow and just say, oh, I want to buy crypto or I, I want to buy gold. Well, you can borrow against it and do what but you 80, want with it. 80%? Uh, some banks will give you up to 90 so if you're in a house, I mean, you know, we've if you have no, equity I mean, in the to home, purchase other assets. Not oh no, I'm estate. saying real estate. You know, borrowing for the real estate and then borrowing against that as your mm-hmm. asset. Yes, and then using that to then invest. That's well, true. Well, that's a weird one too because I bought my house three years ago when the rates were very low. Mm-hmm. I'm like two point something percent. I'm under three percent, and yet I'm trying to pay down my mortgage when I probably should just be paying the minimum taking whatever money I would be adding to my mortgage and put that in the stock market. Right. You know, where I mean? you make money on it. Where I can make money on it. But I also want to be in retirement without a mortgage. So I want to pay that down as much as I can. So it's a, but I could be doing that by putting the money in the stock market and in six years, take a lump sum out and pay my, 100%. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I try to listen to these financial guys. They it all gets have confused. different ideas. Right. They all have different opinions. Yes. Tough. I mean, I I think that if uh, it depends on when you plan on retiring, but if it is longer than say seven to ten years, yeah, um, then 
I, w- I would put it in the market right. and say the over time the average of 11% is going to be get get you a better benefit than the 2% or 3% interest that you're paying down. Yeah, that 11% is fugazi number 2. It's before inflation, which is uh kind of fugazi, I guess. Yeah, cuz there are some uh, years like you could look year to year like when you look at your your statements. There's some years you make 4%, some years where you make 12%, some years where you make 1%. Now, one thing uh, that I will observe, um, you can invest in real estate in the like stock market. It's called a REIT, uh, Real yeah. Estate Investment Trust. I looked at the like returns on those things. They're horrendous. They are like the worst performing See, asset I understand that. that I have in my portfolio. Yeah. They like If I get 5% a year on, on my real estate investment trust, I'm like, that's considered good. And I'm like, why am I even holding this? Right. You would think real estate would be a higher... What thing. type of real estate? Re- REITs are primarily commercial, uh, commercial real estate. Oh man, now that's so, true. So the the shopping malls, the Simon Centers, those uh, those outlets are are really dragging me down. Depends on where. <laughs> a little bit. Depends on where. Mine are yeah. doing quite well. I'm now mean, the company I deal with only 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 works in Texas, Florida, and Tennessee. They will not buy any property in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Um, it, they're all good tax states that they go so in. So they're going to places where people are moving yeah. to. Oh, yeah. And they have 98% occupancy. All of their, not all, most of their tenants are of the entertainment and dining mm-hmm. uh, variety. They don't have stores any longer. Um, and I would say our numbers, forget 5%. 5%, they close up shop. If they don't make 15 to 18%, it's not worth their time. And they do really well, and they have for 15 years through a pandemic, too. Man, I got to get in on this, Because they had good results. I, no, I want to hear it. I offered you, <laughs> you that did. seven years ago. Yeah. I was like, you blew I was, that one. I was too scary for me. <laughs> <laughs> that was your fault. Yeah. Wait a minute. Geo convinced you to get into Bitcoin, and yeah. Jerry couldn't convince you to buy real estate, which well, has been around since, the, like, my, the my, Indians. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but here's why. The Bitcoin, I only put in $2,500. And Jerry's was a larger, yeah, it was a larger start, yeah. commitment, and I was scared. I understand. Fair enough. And fair I made enough. money on Bitcoin. By you the did. Way. You were, you did. Lucky but you. I, yeah. I did not. <laughs> yeah, I was at one point making really decent money, and then I got greedy. So no, you didn't get greedy. You set a you set a price in your mind. That's true. That you were going to check out of, because it could have gone to your number, and you would have pulled out of it, and it would have kept going, and then you would be like, oh, yeah. That's true. I I did actually set a number for that, yeah. that that didn't make it. Just didn't quite get there. Didn't get there. It's close. I made a critical mistake when I was investing in crypto. I was treating it like stocks, which I hold for a long period of time. Yeah. And so I just bought it and I held it and I didn't really check it. As it was going down, you didn't Correct. realize. I was like, oh well, I guess uh, there there goes that money. But, yeah. Uh, maybe one day it'll come back. And I think uh, it will. I do. I think that's going to be a slow rise back up to where where it got to. Slow hope rise so. To my I retirement, do. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. My very well could be. Very well could be. All right. So that uh, transitions well into another sort of group of topics. That, All right. Uh, that I think you guys would have good input on, and I call this sort of common sense advice that doesn't really make sense. All right. So we talked about buying a house. Everybody says buy a house as early as you can. Right. We sort of talked about sometimes that's a good idea. Sometimes that's not a good idea. Um. I'll throw out a couple examples that I have on my list. You guys can add some of your own, or you can expand on the ones that I put on put out there. Like one of one of the things that I have is like 
working hard is like considered good advice. But why would you want to work hard if you could work not hard instead? Well, I don't work hard. <laughs> work smart, would you say? Not hard. I mean, I feel like if you are at a job that is like taking the like beating you up every single day, like mentally or physically, like maybe that's not the job for you. Go get another job. Yeah, yeah. like find a job that you um sort of comes easy naturally to you. Like that would be my suggestion. Well, and, and that's I the whole about. thing of, you know, do what you love and and you'll never work a day in your life. I mean, everybody always says that. I do think it's hard for some people to find that because I don't know if people know what they love. That sounds crazy, but I think there are some people like, hmm, what would make me happy to go to work every day? And I don't think a lot of people can, like, find that answer. Not to mention the fact most people do like the safety and comfort of the paycheck and mm-hmm. don't want to go try new things. Also, you might have something that you love doing as a hobby, but would you want to do it eight hours a day and – sort of take a more technical approach to it. Like, Jerry, you love to golf. I do. Would you like to uh, spend eight hours a day analyzing your swing angle and say, okay, well, I need to hit the ball in this particular area of the club? And Well, that's very technical. But if you were talking about a career in golf, the answer is yes. And prior to becoming full-time here as an anchor back in 1999 – I was contemplating going to um, PGA school to become mm-hmm. a teaching pro. Not that um, that doesn't mean I'm a great golfer. It means I would be trained to run a golf club and be in charge of the club. And I thought that would be a really good path to go in. Um, I think there are different career. Like, no, would I want to be a bartender at a golf club just to be around golf? No. Mm-hmm. Well, you're talking about you're, that's very technical. But I would find it fun to be a teaching pro or to own a driving. That, to me, would be the greatest thing, which I've talked about many times. Own a driving range. People come in, spend the money, buckets of balls. Just go collect them. Sit back, collect the money, do the repairs, fix what you have to do. Next day, do the same thing. That sounds like a blast to me. I guess the thing is that, like, people say they love playing baseball, so they want to be baseball players. When you're a professional baseball player, you don't just go out and play It's a grind. You have to do – you have to lift weights. You have to do, like, watch film. You have to do hitting training. There are a lot of – minutia um a lot of smaller things that go into it that people don't often think about when they say oh i want it i like doing this i want to do it as a professional sure there's always more to it but I, that too that also comes down to the to the kid at the time like the kids i coach now 13 and 18 you can see the personality mm-hmm. some can't wait to be on the field can't wait to practice are annoyed when practice is over there are others where they're dragged to practice they might be good at it mm-hmm. but they don't want to be there it's just like it comes naturally to them. They're good at it. Eh. And they might play in high school because they're good at it. But then but then there are kids that you can see would do it until they die, no matter at what cost. I think it depends on the person. That's true. I mean, Al, you're, a, you're obviously a fan of radio. Um, yes. When you were listening to radio as sort of a, a, a middle schooler or a high schooler, did you, um, I guess, was it a different perspective than sort of um, now that you're a radio professional looking at like just behind the behind the scenes like what goes into doing an ad read what like when do we need to break yeah, that type of stuff? No, I think uh, I just listened to Howard Stern and he used to like things that were on TV when I was younger seemed like I was very impressed by things that I would watch on television and movies seemed difficult to do and 
skill set. And Howard just made it seem like everybody on the radio sucks except him. Anyone could do this. <laughs> I was like, yeah, why can't I do this? He's right. Like, this stinks that all these other stations stink, but he's good. What about all these other radio stations? I go work there. So that's where I thought it was it as yep. uh, of all the entertainment things, it seemed the easiest. <laughs> so new afternoon drive on WFAN, Al Duke's solo, 2 to 7.30. <laughs> oh, my God. That I could not do. That would be hilarious. <laughs> Can you imagine if they announced that? No. <laughs> that first day, I'd be like, what? And you got to break down the game. You actually have to sit down and watch the games. I'd be reading articles on the microphone, just trying to get to the next segment. Some people don't realize how hard it is from the standpoint of timing. So I always, I've told this story a lot. When I was back at, what was it, 15, what was the station? 1530. 1530, W, uh, JDM. JDM in Elizabeth. Uh, when I was just getting into radio, that was my first job. And my job was to run the board for whatever paid programming was coming in. And one of the shows was a guy by the name of Joe Beningo. He was trying to get here. And he was buying time at WJDM. It was like Tuesday nights from 6 to 7. So he comes in. He does the first few weeks. Things went really well. And then FAN gave him a chance. And it happened to be on a Tuesday night overnight into Wednesday. So he's like, hey, I can't do next Tuesday. And I thought, here it goes. He's going to give me the chance to do the show. He goes, but I got a friend of mine coming in to do it. I'm like, oh, okay, (laughs) whatever. Never forget the guy's name, Jack D. I won't say his last name because I don't want to embarrass him. So this guy comes in all thinking, like, I'm going to do a show. This is going to be amazing. And we're getting close to 6 o'clock. Uh, the ra- the song, the music show is ending. So I get in there during the commercial break. I'm like, hey, we got to go. We got four minutes. Okay. He gets all settled in, and I see him taking out papers. Handwritten. I'm like, it's interesting. It's a lot of notes. You know, because I only saw Joe have a couple of notes and just right off the top of his head. So I hit the open, turns his mic on, and I point to him, and he goes. He proceeds to read. Like, just read five or six pages comes to the end and he looks at me like it turns the mic off and goes what do i do now i'm like talk we don't have a mm-hmm. break for like three minutes so he proceeded to reread page one we go to break he goes hey i i thought this would be the hour i don't have anything else i'm like okay I'm like you're doing the show figure it out he reread four times like he and he you could see the sweat beads and he was nervous like i don't know what to do it's hard when you're just talking to yourself, essentially, and get in filling hours and not be boring. It's hard to do. It's why few few people are really good at it. And we talk about on the, especially on the days, like it's it. The easiest day would be a Monday after yeah. NFL Sunday, but those things are few and far between. There's a lot of days, a lot of Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. <laughs> yeah, or even in the morning when I come in and Jerry uh, Jerry's at his desk. It was even happened this morning. Today. Today, and Jerry goes, I don't know what we're doing today. I'm like, well, but like, I think about for an hour, I have stuff that I I know will be fun for an hour. Stretching that to four hours, I don't know how guys do that. So let me ask you this, um, sort of two connected questions related to that. How do you guys know, um, sort of as broadcasters, when you had a good show, and what do you listen to in other broadcasters to say, oh, that's a quality that I like or uh, that's something that needs to be improved upon? Don't go first. No, go ahead. Uh, flow. To me, you know when you did a good show. I mean, I've walked out of here uh, doing shows with a lot of different people. I've looked at him like, that was trash. Like, you can feel it. You know it. It's just not working properly. It's choppy. 
and then you will walk out of here some days. And for whatever reason, I seem to work very well with Salicata. I don't know why. I will walk out and feel like we just did the best show I've done in years. And I don't do it often. I only fill in. Um, to me and to answer the other part of that, which is kind of connected, and there are a couple of shows I do listen to, it's the flow of a show. Is it working? Does it go from topic to topic seamlessly, or does it seem forced? And you can tell. Like, you can tell when a guy's not very good or he's boring. Energy's a big part of it, too, which I think you'd agree with. Yeah, that's why I like the hour show. I feel like for us, I, I, I would say the overwhelming amount of days when I walk out of here at 6 a.m. to go in there, I'm very happy with what we did. And strangely, and this would happen during the Craig era as well as the Geo era, on a Monday after football, sometimes those mornings are the least fun and flowing shows. And I don't know if it's because I feel like there's a lot of stuff we have to get to because it was football Sunday, so it's not as free-flowing as as some of the other days. But... uh I always think of it like, uh, you know, like a, a baseball pitcher or a baseball team. It's like just don't have two bad ones in a row. You have two two bad ones in a row. Yeah. That's where you start to go. What what is what's going on here? Is there a person at uh, at the radio station? And this I'll ask this question to each of you individually that you have never worked with that you would like to do a show with. Um, no. Yeah. That I've never worked with? No, I don't. What about Evan? I would love to see you. I've done uh, shows with Evan. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. I've done a handful of them. Not a lot, uh, but I filled in with him in the afternoon twice. He did a morning show with me once. Um, no, I've worked with Evan. Okay. And, yeah, and plus I anchored with him all the time, had a lot of interaction with him. So, yeah. Yeah, I would get nervous if it's somebody other than Jerry or CeeLo. <laughs> <laughs> really? Peter? Yeah, Peter, No. <laughs> Al, Alan Salicata, that's a show I want to see. I actually yeah. did one time, Yeah, but I was nervous in that because, I don't know, like Sal has his, Sal's so used to doing a solo show yeah, and knows much more sports than me. And I don't know, I, I was nervous the day to do it with Sal. I remember when we when me and Sal did it, you and Eddie were in there and CeeLo was doing the uh, anchor. And I remember him at like nine o'clock, he's like, I wish we could do this every day. Like he had a blast. It was just, it worked. Yeah. The five of us worked. The way our normal five worked. It right. just worked. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, that chemistry, when yeah. Jerry's talking about flow, it is, so all these times when people are like, oh, Craig doesn't know about sports, or Craig, that doesn't matter. He's still beating a, what people might consider a more knowledgeable sports show with mm-hmm. no problem. People aren't coming really for the sports knowledge. They're coming for, to be entertained and for there to be a flow and sound like a conversation's going on, I think. Mm-hmm. I think the personality of the people on air is a, is a big part of that. I agree. All right, let me ask you this. Yeah. You're a great per- person to ask. So for years, we have just, no one cares about hockey. We don't talk about hockey. Uh, for reasons that everyone thinks no one's going to listen. I happen to agree with what you just said. I think back to the Mike and the Mad Dog days, and it didn't matter to me what they were talking about. I listened, because I like Mike, and I like Chris, and it worked together i think boomer and carton worked together boomer and geo works together to me if they're talking about badminton hockey or the jets i'm listening do you agree while the subject might be somewhat relevant that it's more who you're listening to rather than what they're talking about a hundred percent and i'll give you an example um about that like i'm not a fan of the jets or the giants 
but I listen to Boomer and Geo in the morning, in in, in football season. During football season, regardless. Right? I, I, I don't really care about the Knicks. I don't care about the Nets. I listen to, to you and you and Al, uh, mm-hmm. the warm-up show every morning. It's because I want to – It's I'm probably not the typical WFAN listener in the sense that they're always saying, oh, we want more sports, we want more sports, blah, blah, blah. We talk about the game, blah, blah, blah. But I don't really care that much about the games because if it's a game that I care about, I'm going to watch it. I'm, I'm going to draw my own opinion. Yeah, that's true. And then if it's not a game that I don't care – or not a game that I care about, then I sort of just I, – I would rather hear Al tell stories of his time in Tampa um, or Jerry talk about uh, life, in the face with a golf life philosophies <laughs> yeah, that's right. um, yeah. than listen to, like, Boomer talk about the Bengals beating the Chiefs in Week 16. I watched the game, right? Or I didn't watch the game, and I don't really care that right. much. Uh, yeah, that's the weird part now for sports is that all of us have the same information now, right? And in the Mike and the Mad Dog days, that really wasn't the case. They had more knowledge than you, you know. And I don't think that's necessarily the case now. If you want to see all the highlights, break, you know, you watch a condensed version of a game, read all the articles, go through Twitter, like you, you can get as much knowledge as the host, but what, how they deliver that knowledge and entertain is what is the difference. I think that you can get as much information as the host. Like um, Boomer, obviously NFL quarterback for, for many years, NFL MVP. He might have an insight that, that I would not. That is true. However, um, at the same time, I could say, and this is not taking a shot at, at, at Gio or, or Craig, but like, if Gio watches a football game and I watch a football game, um, what makes his sort of insight any better right. than me watching the same game? Like why do you care about his opinion? It's, he didn't play. It's not that I don't care about his opinion. It's more just like, um, well, he's not. I'm not listening to Gio for his um, knowledge of the seven-step drop back. I'm listening to Gio because I think he's he's funny and mm-hmm. he does does impressions or. Or it's right. not, I'm just using Geo as an example. It would be like somebody like like Craig would be something like that. Like I do think like Evan probably is one of the more knowledgeable uh, sports personalities at, at WFA. Yes. So when he talks about baseball in particular, it's like oh I, I learned something when I listen to him. But there are many people that are like okay I probably know a similar amounts mm-hmm. or, or or just like they are died in the wool fans. Like they might watch more games than me, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And in some cases, with some hosts, probably aren't watching as many games as you. Right. Which is another thing. Or not just here, but in a lot of places now. Evan also has an incredible memory yes. that he could just pull up stats and facts that he knows off the top of his head, which is incredible. Yeah, it's impressive. It's the same like Evan does with baseball games from years gone by. The way Boomer does with games he played in. Boomer knows so many details. And we check them, and he's, he yes, nails them. I about know. random regular season games that didn't matter. And he'll re- – I remember through three touchdown passes. And then, yeah, well, I'll check in on football reference, and there it is. It's incredible. I don't know how these, how they have that – how Evan does it with baseball and Boomer with games he played in. What's crazy about that is that I actually have a distinct memory of Boomer saying about certain games, like, I have no recollection of that game whatsoever. Some okay, that seems very rare to me. So many times he brings things up. He he doesn't seem to recollection of things like he's like Boomer. You were on the the soap opera One Life to Live. That he doesn't remember. Or I think I must have done a commercial for Diet yep. Coke. Or 
But sometimes the games themselves, he knows a lot of details. I want to say the particular game I'm thinking about was like, I think that he played a game at Houston. And then he had like something about the second half happened. And he's like, I just don't remember anything. Well, I know he game. used to get his ass kicked in uh, Houston. He, he will tell you that. They used to uh, beat him that, up on that, that, been, on that uh, turf. That, that might have been. The Oilers. The, uh, the Oilers. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Boomer, I w- I w- I'll bring this to you, a, a more lighthearted moment. One of the most surprising things I've ever heard on the airwaves. Boomer Esiason uses tax lawyer? That's what he said? Tax slayer? Yeah, he does his own taxes? I have no idea. Right. Yeah, Beats I me. Did he, was he doing a commercial for tax slayer? No, he just brought it up on the air <laughs> one time, and, it was, and I just stopped, and I was like, I, I rewound. I was like, this is this is That I could not answer. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't recall that at all. Don't know. That that's right up there with Eddie Scazzari has a wealth management. Team. That is incredible. <laughs> that is absolutely incredible. I am still stunned by that. Yes, I think that's awesome. <laughs> the man who tells everybody that you will never have more money to drive to drive a Toyota Camry is somehow socking it away. He know? figured like, it out. He has those cars. He keeps them for years. And, and no kids. No kids, and he's socking it away. Good for him. Yeah. What do you guys have a particular moment that you recall that was just like shocked or? flabbergasted by something that surprised you like that? Oh, I went first last time. You first. By what about the boomer using tax layer or Eddie having enough financial on the show that like completely surprised you? Like I would never have thought that. Well, other than the morning Craig was arrested because that was a <laughs> Oof. that was a shocker. <laughs> That's yeah, a that good was. answer. Actually. That was a shocker. Um, hmm, I, I don't know if I can think of. No, top of my head, no. I'd have to really think about that. I mean, the one about the morning Craig was arrested. Clearly, yeah, that was a big was one. Was life changing? Yeah, that was a very uh, that was a very weird day, and then few months. I think when uh, we had first got here in two thousand seven or two thousand eight, when it, when Russo was leaving, that was weird to me. Yes, because it was. I felt like I finally was like my first time ever working at a stable radio station. Fan had been around forever. Sure, the show was already starting to be successful, and then you're telling me. The legendary afternoon show is breaking up yeah. now. I thought it would destroy the radio station. Sure. Well, and two years prior, with Imus being fired, that was a stunning. I was that was oh seven. He got fired. Well, we started in oh seven, so, so yeah, he got he fired in like May. Yeah. At that point, I was at the radio station for ten years, and I I remember people like salespeople and management walking around in a major panic when he was clearing out, and I, we lost account after account, and the money coming in was. Right into the toilet. I remember salespeople coming back from business meetings trying to keep clients. We're not interested and just losing, if not millions, hundreds of thousands of dollars of accounts and big commissions. And I did not hear the moment he said what he said. I never heard. And I listen to Imus every day. I didn't hear that live. I had no idea what was going on. I was at Sirius working because I had two jobs. Shocking. I was at Sirius at the time when it came up on one of the news channels. Imus under fire. I'm like, oh, what do you do? And then they played the club. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. And then he got fired a few days later. And that was another one of those moments where I'm like, wow, we're not going to have, like, I'm going to need another job soon. This place is going under. Yeah, even when hearing about Mike and Chris breaking up, while at work, no one knew who was leaving. That was still up in the air. And then I remember also thinking, like, well, as long as it's, Russo that stays <laughs> will be good. Because he's the crazy one. Yeah. And then it wasn't until it was like the double whammy yeah. of, oh, my gosh. And then Mike just kept humming right along. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he did. 
that was uh that that was quite impressive mm-hmm. what, what he accomplished yeah, uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't a listener to mike but uh, uh that, he was, that dude was doing five and a half hours every day by himself unbelievable yep in like we talked about there are many days where where i'm like ah we could definitely do an hour but i don't know if we had to do two hours I'm, how that guy was getting doing five and a half hours by himself i have no idea yep all right, let's uh, let's talk about a couple of my favorite moments from the show, and I'll ask you guys for your sort of recollections oh, okay. um, on them. Um, Jerry, there's a drop that Eddie plays of you that is probably my favorite. Okay. You, sir, die. <laughs> Where did that originate? That is a great question. And what, who, who are you telling to die and why? I don't remember. I don't remember that... either, but all I know is if you listen to the way Jerry says it, it's in a fun manner. So he, he must have been. I think it was a podcast story. Right. Like you were like, you had to be reacting to somebody yeah, being cruel, telling somebody to die. You like mocking you, it. Sir, or, die. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, that's, that's such a nice thing to tell I somebody. I've been telling sir, Craig that. I don't remember. You, sir, die. It's also close. Uh, Typically closely followed by have a heart attack and die. <laughs> have a heart attack and die. Yeah. But that's done less fun. Like if you listen, he goes, you, sir, die. There's some fun to it. That one, he goes, have a heart attack and die. Right. That might have been a serious conversation right, that, about our mortality and you never yes. know. And Like that felt like it was in the middle of a sentence yeah. where the other one was a fun. I uh, will tell you, those drops, my wife listens, but she doesn't listen every hour. She works and doesn't hear stuff. Eddie played a series of them, and I mean a lot of them, three weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks, weeks ago. ago maybe, yeah. Where he was, I mean, emptying the tank. And she happened to be watching that day because she works at a school, and they're off now, and she's she's listening to him. I got home. It, it bothered her. She's like, what is going through your head? I'm like, you don't understand the context and where a lot of these come from. Like, that's not just me blurting this stuff out. Sometimes it's Al reading a story about a guy molesting his own kid and it angers you, and you, and then Eddie just clips the things right. and plays them like these are just free thoughts in my mind. Bothered her. She's like, what the hell is wrong with you? I'm like, yeah, it's hard to explain. Like, it's Right, these are years and years yes. of discussions that are getting chopped It wasn't this up. morning. Right. Well, Al, don't think you're going to escape scrutiny oh. because uh, children are the rats of society. <laughs> yeah. That's what I recall vividly. I recall that, that one, as by well. by the way, might make the calendar this year. I recall that one as well. I just... Everyone around here that has children, or oh, there are people get ill because the children get ill. And I said the children are like rats because that's what we hear about the rats in New York City is that they the rats carried the plague way back in the day. Like rats carry disease all around, and I feel like that's what little children are doing. They're <laughs> got snot in their fingers. They're touching this, then you touch it, then you eat a apple, and then you get their illness. Like it's just it's <laughs> impossible. Well, I'm going to throw it back to some advice I gave last year. But uh, from a financial perspective, you know, don't have children. Go download the episode on the Odyssey app. <laughs> I'm good. My kids are the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I say when you get to the point where Jerry is now, I would, I, if I was at the point where Jerry is now, I would feel a sense of relief. I think. No. No. Never, no. No. I mean, I had a really good friend of my son's died in a car accident uh, about a month ago. Two so months you ago. you don't feel the relief. You, Till they're home and you're looking at them. My yeah. son had brain surgery two years ago. Like That's it, true. it doesn't. I don't think until you're laying peacefully in that grave do you ever actually relax. I really? Don't. No, I don't think so. I feel like my dad relaxed a little bit when we all left the house. 
when he like my two sisters were married. I seemed like I wasn't going to be a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice my dad calmed down some, and I Maybe. wonder if that. I haven't got there yet. Yeah. All I can tell you is that almost 19 and now 13, no. He goes out to work. When he leaves. I can't wait till he's back on the driveway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't That doesn't change. Hasn't yet. Anyway, it might. Not yet. Then I got to worry about him going to college and his friends, right. weekends, that's drinking, true. binges. I mean, I'm not stupid. And that's not uh, not very relaxing either. Good point. Well, I will say one observation that I've observed sort of in, in my life is that reducing stress is more conducive to having a everyday sort of happiness or, or well-being as opposed to sort of getting those high moments in life, which are like super like awesome moments, right? Like you, you say, oh, like I, I went skydiving. That's a thrill. That's oh, a, a rush. A, a rush. That's like that's so awesome. Whereas I, I, I often find that like just taking things that you hate or you don't like or annoy you and eliminating from them from your everyday yeah. life might be more um, like, ow. Things yeah. that, my example for you of this is you just, things that you don't want to go to, you just say, I'm not doing that. Allie's wedding. Uh, that's too far. I'm not doing that. You know, yeah. like. I, I, I'm still not great at that. I've gotten better at it. But I think Jerry's brought this up to me and I think he's right. There are certain things that I obsess over that I will still get stress over that a regular person wouldn't because I've eliminated the other stresses in life, right? So because I don't have kids, I don't have that stress. I create dumb things to focus on and be um, d- dumb things to give me stress that it, that a, a person with a, with a decent amount of responsibility wouldn't even think about stressing over dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. But because I don't have that, my brain still wants to lock in on something stupid and obsess over it. So this technique is not working for you. That it's is not, what you, no. Is what you're saying. I don't think it is. Okay, that's uh, that's interesting. It, it it has worked for me. Yeah. Um, I know you guys talk about the four-day work week um, sometimes. Yeah. I've actually been doing that since, like, 2019. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fantastic. It, Sounds uh, fantastic. It does. It reduces, like, like people coming after you, like, asking you for stuff and, like, oh, emails and all that. It's just, like, I just take a day and I just... I don't work here, you know? Yeah, like, I don't uh, do that. I'm, I'm, I'm off. You're um, off three. What day do you pick uh, other than the weekend? All right, controversial. I like to pick Wednesday. Wednesday. And, and here's why. I had an idea you were going to say that. I never work more than two days in a row. Yeah, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I like Wednesday. I'm, I'm good with any day, to be quite honest. I personally, well, I know Tuesday sucks. It's two, no fuel Tuesday. Wednesday or Friday, I would like. I don't th- I've come ag- I've, I'm against the Monday thing. I would yeah. say don't do Friday because Friday already feels like it's like yeah. you're excited. For I the agree weekend. with you. Correct. Except the last couple of times I took off Friday, I feel like on Tuesday my week's over. Sounds weird. Mondays to me are a complete waste of a day off because it's still you still have that Sunday feel. I don't know. You wake up Monday, it's Monday. Eh, I'd rather just go to work and burn the day. Tuesday off is not bad either. I've, I've experimented over four yeah, years. Yeah, no, I can imagine. That. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I think the Wednesday's a good call. Yeah, Wednesday's a good day. Especially consistently. Yeah. Now, with that time off, I have a theory about vacations. Okay. This is my general sec- uh, section. I call this is sort of philosophies on life. Okay. Um, so if you are typically like a very active person, Jerry, mm-hmm. a, vac- a quality vacation for you, I feel like, would be something that's the opposite of that. So you, if you go to like Mexico with mm-hmm. your wife yeah. and spend seven days at a resort, mm-hmm. hang out by the pool. Yep. Um, maybe do some like water sports activities, maybe play a little pickleball, something like that. Golf. Um, 
your wife golfs with you? She would, yes. Oh, okay. Um, just something relaxing. Yes, correct. That would be very beneficial for you. You've nailed it. That's what Whereas, we've done. Pro- pro- before the pandemic, we did that five years in a row. Whereas for Al, you are by the beach already. Um, I know you don't go, but you could go. I do not go <laughs> Um, going to a seven-day all-inclusive resort in uh, uh, off the coast of Mexico is not going to be a substantial difference from your everyday, um, like, once you go go back from, get home from work. A good vacation for you might be something that is uh, a little bit more action, a little bit more adrenaline, something that you don't do typically. Yeah. Um, no, I still like to do nothing on vacation also. <laughs> And I think a, an all-inclusive tropical beach is different than because you're still home and you're still in your living room and you're still seeing New Jersey people walking around. Like going to a tropical beach all-inclusive where you might have a – like I, I'm never going to have a beer at 2 in the afternoon on a Tuesday. That just seems like a bad policy. But if I was at a beach resort – you were in Jamaica. Yeah, I'd be doing that. And I, I think I think I'd be more relaxed. You'd be the naked guy dancing on the table. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I don't like, uh, unfortunately, I don't like adventure on, on vacations either. Fair enough. Fair enough. I yeah. just, uh, from in, in my experience, I, I spent a, a week in, uh, like, uh, a Caribbean island. And towards the end, I was feeling a little bit like, you know, I'll, I'll, people describe my lifestyle as semi-retired. Yeah, like, sure. This is just transitioning from semi-retired to fully retired. Yeah. And it's fantastic. I can't wait to be fully retired. But um, do I feel like I could have spent like a day or two of that doing something more thrilling um, or something like I won't be able to do when I'm older? Yeah. You know, that, that might have been an opportunity. We went on a trip to California, a family out there, and it was sightseeing place to place to place. I mean, I got home, I'm exhausted. That's mm-hmm. what I don't want. And then the next day, I'm like, oh, my God, I got to go to work. And then I got practice. And then the next day, I got work and practice with the other team. I'm like, where's my break? Like, this is a vacation. Mm-hmm. I was so tired. So you're, and this is the last active type vacation I've taken. What about this cushion days when you get back a day off <laughs> before you? I love a cushion day. Unlike me, who I go on vacation, <laughs> I fly back Sunday afternoon. I come to work right. Monday morning. Yeah, <laughs> but you guys do that. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, Geo on his vacation got in at like ten thirty at night on yeah, Sunday. That's a little much. Oh man, I need a cushion day. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's something I might take into account. Yeah, you know, maybe, get yourself maybe a cushion day. Cushion days. Hmm. But then you do feel like you wasted a vacation day sometimes. I, I agree. Like when I got back from Indiana, I took a cushion day. Yeah. And Monday, right? Well, well, I got well. I took Monday and Tuesday off. I, I got back Monday. No, but I, that's right. But I got back by noon on Monday, and yeah. I took an additional cushion day. Right. Too much. Does it, doesn't matter if you have unlimited PTO, Al. <laughs> I do not have that, I don't think. Do I? I do. That's oh, what you I'm do. saying. Hmm. Although, uh, we do have an Indiana connection. I was actually born in Indiana. Is that right? What town? Uh, Lafayette, where, uh, where, where Purdue is. Oh, Purdue, yeah. Uh, my, both my parents went, went to Purdue. Jerry, I know you're, you're familiar. I've been there. Um, let me ask you this. This is something that I've been discussing with my sister on and off a couple times. We, we disagree. Um, when people ask you where your hometown is, do you say where you are born or where you spend the majority of your childhood? If anybody asks me where I'm from, I say originally born in Brooklyn, but grew up here. Okay. That's what I always say. I say where I grew up. Okay. I say I was born in, in Lafayette, Indiana. Okay. And so, like, to me, hometown uh, is sort of like where you were born. Mm-hmm. Um, and you moved uh, out of there when? When I was, like, two. So 
don't remember very yeah. much of it. My sister says it's where she spent the majority of her childhood, which was, uh, I think, uh, Maryland. So, Got it. I feel like wherever you spent your, like, up till high school years, that's where your home, if, if it didn't change a lot, if you were fortunate enough not sure. to be flipping all over the place, mm-hmm. like where you went to high school. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, fair enough. I think that's what the majority of people that yeah. I've asked that, they say, like, where you spend your formative years. But I, I just say I was born yep. in that place. Yeah, I think if I was born in a different place, that might be cool to say I would say that, but I was, like, born in Jersey City. <laughs> but I don't want to say, like, if I was born in, where did you say you were Brooklyn. born? Brooklyn, Lafayette, Indiana. I, I might go with that. It's just another interesting thing to bring up in a conversation. Yeah. I, I liked Indiana a lot while uh, while I visited. My sister lives there now. She yeah. lives in Indianapolis, so I, I enjoyed it very, very nice, much. Yeah. Um, all right, last one of these sort of philosophies on life. Low expectations are easy to overcome. Jerry, you ask why um, in the stock market they say, "Oh, our our earnings only increased by five percent," but the stock price went down. It's because they expected the stock price to go up 10%. Okay. Whereas if that same company, let's say it grows 5%, if they told you, oh, our earnings are going to grow 1%, but it still grows that same 5%, the stock price is going to go up. It's all based on what people expect. Understood. I think where we always wonder is why people, why people get laid off when earnings aren't where they need to be. It doesn't mean they didn't make money. Mm-hmm. They just didn't make as much as they were hoping for. And yet we're firing people. That might be your earnings went up 5%, but your costs, like if you give everybody a 15% raise, then you're losing money. Um, earnings is just sales. And I know there's an obsession with this sales number in the stock market. There's an obsession in, in all businesses. Like my boss loves to talk about sales. Sure. But um, I, I, I tell him all the time, like, I don't, I don't care about sales. I care about net income. I care about how much money we make after mm-hmm. expenses. Your sales can grow up 25%, but if your expenses are growing by 50, you're losing money. No, that's bad business. Right. Um, So don't tell me about sales. Tell me about what's the impact on our net income um, after after expenses. But uh, this is sort of a philosophy that I think serves me well in, in, in life, have low expectations. I'll give you an example. I flew Spirit Airlines up here, and so anytime I fly anything that is not Spirit, it's like I'm being treated like it's first class. Like, what do you mean this Pepsi is free? <laughs> like, th- this is amazing. Yeah. Or, I, or in that regard, I took Spirit Airlines because I couldn't get another flight last year in Myrtle Beach and was expecting a complete disaster of a flight. I remember coming back telling him, it was some of the be- two of the best flights I ever had. Like, this was great. And all they did was get us off on time and get us there. And they were nice. Yeah, I love the low expectations. I think... <laughs> <laughs> I think people walk around with these sort of high expectations, and they always are consistently disappointed. Yeah, yeah. probably. You just need to adjust your optimism. Yes. That Brody Van Wagen in uh, uh, yes. quote. Or uh, something, about, uh, something about adjusting our optimism, lowering it down to a lower level. Yeah. And then everybody will be a bit happier. That is you know? true. They're just like, don't expect anything from it. That is true. You know? But you have to truly believe it. You can't just say it in your head and then have those actual expectations. That's where it, That's true it gets too. tough. Give me one more because i got to do the yeah. eleven. Okay. Give me a good one. I uh, I do need to send you the um, calendar quote that we talked about yeah. la- last podcast. I'll send that to you. Yes, I'll you're in it this out, year. That's right. I'll throw out a calendar quote suggestion for 2025. 
What about 2024? Oh, I have that for already. I, oh, okay. We, we talked about that last year. Okay. I just need to email it to you. Alone. Please email it to me because that's going into production soon. Okay. I, I will get it to you when, August. I, get, when I get back. By okay. August, definitely. By, yes, by August 1st. And I'll let you guys pick between. I have, I have two options. Okay. All right, option one. There have been 117 billion people who have walked this earth. You're not special. That's option one. Mm-hmm. Option two, life is a timing difference. Life is a timing difference? Yeah, it's all of I guess it's uh it's all just like life is just like it's all just one sort of piece of time at the at the end it ends. I guess that's not, I guess it's not a good one if it's not easily Yeah, I don't I like think it. a lot of people understand that one. The other one I think fits in more with the with the calendar. <laughs> Perfect. You're right. not special. You know, look in the mirror. No, yeah. <laughs> You're not that important. <laughs> just when you die when we won't even know. I mean, you ever look around, not to be funny or morbid, but you ever look around at all the cemeteries? How many people are visiting? Let me ask you no this. No one. Let me, let, let me ask <laughs> no you No one cares. How many How many historical figures could you name by, like, full name and, like, occupation and that? And then, like, what century? You're right. You I don't know. You're right. Not a lot. 117 billion. Yeah. If you could name one billion, I'll give you my life savings. One billion. I got over a hundred. Right. I'd sit here for three hours. Anyway, I got to go do the eleven. All right, Jerry. Dude, awesome, Andrew. Pleasure to be here. Good to uh, have you. Andrew Lee is back this year. Uh, his name will be in the podcast description. Do you want to do Sia's at the end? Absolutely. Let's okay. do it. Uh, the warm-up program is next. That was uh, Jerry and I. We'll be back here tomorrow on a Thursday at 5 a.m. So, 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 one more. So, what up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Speak your mind at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Here we go, it's 5.01, soon to be 5.02, the Eddie Scazzeri, what up, what up, what up? It is a Wednesday morning, very quickly hump day, they call it, and across from me, his name is Al Ellie Dukes, what's up? Good morning, Jerry. I had to park illegally today, meaning I uh, just uh, alternate side parking in New York. They do this situation where on some days you can't park on the left, and some days you can't park on the right, because they do street cleaning. Whatevs. So I wanted to park on the proper side, but there was a very large, athletic-looking man pacing right where I would have parked uh, at 4 a.m. So I opted. I thought about it, Jerry. Was he doing push-ups? 
Because there's a guy out there that actually does uh, body exercises some mornings. Yeah, I I did not see him do anything athletic. He looked like he was patrolling the area where I had a park. And I went, you know what? Today I'm going to risk the ticket instead of uh, my life. You'll be all right. And uh, I parked on the wrong side. I park on the wrong side almost every day. Yeah, and I actually parked right near you, Jerry. Oh, there you go. That's why I was like, you know what? Jerry and I, if we get tickets, we're going down together. We get tickets. Like teammates. That's it. There you go. I did see, Jerry, we had another very dominant 5 to 6 a.m. ratings situation I saw I like in the how you newspaper. like to bring that up. Yeah. Well, I like that Andrew Marchand covers it for the New York Post. Well, I mean, That's you, nice you did put him on blast about five times, yeah. and he didn't. The, yeah. The first few times ratings came out, and you would say, hey, Andrew Marchand, what about 5 what to about 6? What about us? So you have, um, you've made your point. Yes. He has heard your point. Yeah, and I appreciate it. And he now does include us. He does include us. So he includes this at the end, which sucks because if it's somebody like me and I only read the first two paragraphs, you I'm not going to see it. it. That is true. But any radio article, I'm reading the whole thing. Because that's what you're interested in. Because that's what I'm interested in. Opposed exactly, to right? the Met game. Uh well we don't know that I do sure. know that you don't you don't read really you sure. do not read full articles I do not read full right. articles that's correct <laughs> I watch a very extensive highlight package and then I read the first three paragraphs for the pertinent information for the yeah for the good because yeah. that's what they teach you in journalism school Jerry they teach you all the you you front load your articles because they don't think people read full articles and a lot of people don't yeah. Maybe so, if the maybe the New York Times should have just went to three paragraph articles, they'd still be in business. The failing New York Times, oh, Jerry. Yeah, 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 they'd still be in business. So they just did one. Just tell us what happened real quick. <laughs> a little longer than a tweet. You want the Cliff Notes version? Yeah, Cliff Notes version of what happened. The New York Times. Yep. Jerry, last night was the baseball All Star game, and uh, people people love to be upset about uniforms and that sort of thing. You know, silly things about the games. But we did used to just let the players wear their team uniform. They don't even wear their hats anymore. Yeah, and I—I uh, I mean, they're neat. I mean, I like the 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 dark hat with the the shaded logo. I mean, yeah. it was cool. But you are right; it takes away from the way it used to be when we were kids. Yeah, it used to be cool. You'd be like, "There's Daryl Strawberry in his I agree. uniform." I agree. And then I think, is it confusing for the players? And I don't nah, think so. No, not for the players. And you know what? They're just selling more. I mean, that's all it is. They're just, they continue to sell more product. Now you've got, if you want to go buy an all-star game jersey, you're going to get the 2023 version. You can get your player's name on the back. Like You get the coal and the number. It's all good. Do you but think people buy those? I do. Yeah, do. I do. Oh, absolutely. All-star yeah. jerseys? I don't know if they're big sellers, but absolutely they sell them. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. What do they do with all the extras? Like, let's say they made a whole bunch of Garrett Cole. Don't they? And I'm not being funny. I'm being yeah. serious. Don't they ship usually things like that to countries in need? Yeah. Like when they print the championship shirts after Super Bowls or World Series, don't they then ship those to countries that need clothing? Yeah. So like someone in uh, a, a poorer country yeah. is wearing a Super Bowl champion shirt for a team that didn't actually win the yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah, but jerseys seem like Well, maybe they print on demand. I don't know. But I mean, how much do you, you think a jersey like that goes for? Like a Garrett Cole All Star Seattle jersey? Yeah, one eighty. Yeah, see, I was gonna say, I was gonna say more like three hundred dollars. Oh, okay. You might be right. I was I'm, being gonna, I'm, I'm specifically you know, Garrett Cole. Yeah, let's go Garrett Cole. Jerry. Let's see if I can get that jersey. Eh, let's MLB get it up shop two fifteen. Wow. Yeah, they can't be. I, I really don't think they're selling a lot of them. I don't think fans buy you might be right. a lot I have of no All Star jerseys. I don't know. I do not know. Especially, like, people were very critical of the uniforms last night. Well, 
Because you hear from the angry people. Yeah. The people that like them don't say anything. That's true. So there are plenty of people that probably are into it. I specifically don't care one way or another. I would prefer to wear the regular jerseys. I think that's a cooler look. But I don't care that they're wearing All-Star. You can't, whatever. What was fun was uh, to see on social media everyone sending or, or posting pictures of like the team photo from like the 1983 yeah. All-Star game. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. We had some sweet uniforms back then. Pirates. Yeah, they were all right. Pirates are cool. Yeah, actually, they were ugly. What the pirate uniforms? Yeah, no, thank you. I'm a pirate. Jerry. I'll pass. Arr. No, no, thanks. Hmm. You don't want that pirate hat, Willie? Willie? No, I didn't like the. I didn't like the pirate hats. It did seem not comfortable. Yeah, well, they the look stiff. Hat. Yeah, stiff. <laughs> and how were the, they able to get away with wearing a different style hat than the rest of the baseball? That that who was the uh, commissioner back then? I don't he know. Had no but control. I, of I have no idea what the rules were about yeah. their clothing, their hats, their pants. I do not know. And then just think, like when you're selling hats. You got to get a whole different manufacturer to manufacture the P- Pittsburgh Pirate hat. Nah, New Era probably did it. Not back then; they didn't even exist. Yeah, sure they did. They did. I would think so. I never believe when a company goes, uh, "We've been around since 1823." No, you haven't. Why not? I Why? don't believe it. You don't think Folgers has been around no. since 19? No, since... I see those things. No, <laughs> uh, chock full of nuts. We've been a New York City staple since 1720. All right. How are we proving that? New Era began. Making hats in 1920. No way. I'm telling you. False. Why? That's probably at the corporate level. They're probably like, let's just say we started making hats in 1920s. Who's checking? Who's going to check on us? You can check. You can check. Of course you can check. I'm going to dive deep into that today, Jerry. No, I'm you're gonna not. going to reach out to the CEO. No, you're not. No, you're not. Matter of fact, it, it, you know, it's funny. Just two months ago... They actually, MLB.com has a big story, the headline, The Long Strange History of the Baseball Cap. Hmm. I'm going to read into that. Here's the problem for you. This article is probably 17 or 18 paragraphs. You've got no chance you're not interested. The New York Knickerbockers were baseball's first official team in 1845, but it would take them four more years before they started wearing hats. Okay. Now they're in hats. 1849. We started wearing baseball hats. I can't believe it. Another story we brought to you, uh, we brought up yesterday, actually, here on the warm-up show. Remember we were talking about home run derby? Yes. And I had asked you, Jerry, I said, uh, do you think more people get injured at the home run derby because of all these balls yeah, flying yeah. into the stands? Well, we put the over-under at 20. I think we put the over-under at 20. And we yeah. said, like, eh, how many people do you think get injured at a regular average baseball game than how many people with... I mean, the one dude hit 72 home run balls into yeah. the crowd. That was one guy. Yep. So think of all that. Well, a video did emerge of Vlad Guerrero Jr. hitting a smoking line drive off some kid's head who was supposed to be out there shagging fly balls. I always thought that was, was dangerous. dangerous. Yes. Like, you're throwing a bunch of kids out there with live, basically live balls coming at them. From major league. Yes. Be careful. So that doesn't surprise me. Is the kid all right? I think so. But he got you whacked. Didn't read the fourth paragraph. No, they didn't have. There was no update. Th- there was no update. Hmm. I actually did read because I wanted to make sure the kid was all right. But he took a line drive right off the forehead. You do know Sal caught a home run derby ball in City Field. He was in the stands, or he was able. He was to in be- right field. He he caught a home run derby ball. I'm forgetting who, but he so he reposted. I, he's told the story many times. Yeah, he reposted the video yesterday on Twitter. Oh, really? You know what I was drawn to that I couldn't get my eyes off of. It looks like he went in sleeping pajama pants. 
So he went very casual to the ballpark. That's what it looks like to me, like Mitch Jersey pajama pants. But you're telling me he was in the stands or he was able to be shag and fly ball somehow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stands. Yeah, he was in right field. Right field. During the home run derby. All right. Let's see, home run derby ball. Let's see if if it comes up because he just reposted this yesterday. Nah, nah, I don't have it here. I'd have to log on to Twitter and go find it, but yeah. Yeah, I would think it'd be cool to go out there on the field like these kids do and shag fly balls, but... Be careful. Yeah, because you got to think, when a major leaguer hits a screaming liner, I think they said it was 150 miles, 115 miles per hour, this one, that's movement. That ball's flying. And it's moving. Yeah. And you put your glove up there thinking you got it, and you're an inch off, it's going to hit you right in the face. I wonder what the qualifications are for that. Like, do you have to be in a baseball league, like your team gets selected, or do you just maybe sign up and randomly get drawn? I bet you it's that. But they should put them out there first and be like, we're going to hit some fly balls to you. You better catch these. Well, you can out. do that, but that doesn't replicate a major leaguer hitting a ball right. 115 miles an hour on a rope. At yeah. You. Oof. Yeah, very dangerous. Yes. I'm surprised only one kid took one in the noggin. Well, that's all that's been reported. Yeah. Maybe that's... someone else did. Who knows? And I had many people send it to me yesterday after it was brought up here on timing. the program. Timing, 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 timing. Timing, yeah. And it was a mm-hmm. Vlad Guerrero uh, junior shot. If you're a kid, you gotta. If you uh, do okay after that, like yes. you take the ball off the forehead, uh, you gotta be. Would you be proud of that moment no. or embarrassed? No, I'd be embarrassed. You would be. Yeah, I would not be. I would. That would not excite me at all. That would be terrible. But there was video of you taking a yeah. line drive, like Sal having video of him do, catching the ball. Well, he didn't catch it actually. He goes down on the ground and grabs it, I believe, oh, and, he, man. and he starts. I'm gonna pull this up for you. I want you yeah, to see I this. See that because then he gets very excited. Uh, here it is. So it was, oh, let's see here. I'm going to bring it over to you. All right. All right. So I wonder if he has this ball in a, in a case. All right. There he is. Look at the pants. Yeah. He's wearing pajama pants. He's wearing Mets pajama pants. Is that what they are? Yeah. Mets pajama pants. So city field. There you go. And who hit it? Did you see who hit it? I don't know who that is. That's pretty cool. I would have that up on my, I know Sal has a lot of figure, you know, baseball figures and baseball memorabilia in his. In his um, basement, I would put that up there. Home run, dirty Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. See, that's cool. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I really can't tell. It would have been better if he caught it on the fly and didn't pick it up off the ground. That takes oh, I, a little bit away from it. I agree. It is definitely Bryce Harper. I can tell you the swing. Yeah. 100%. So he caught a Bryce Harper home run derby ball. That is pretty cool. How about that? Yeah. In pajama pants. In pajama pants. Uh, I was happy to see that Garrett Cole only had to throw nine pitches. Yeah, well... You don't want your one of your starting pitchers laboring out there in a stupid all-star game. They almost game. got lit up. They were hard-hit balls, correct? Yes. The, the first and third outs or first, yeah, the, the right one, the one to right field, and then the one to left field. Like, dude, thought he gave up two home runs. Yeah. Now, the first guy didn't really have to jump. He miss, he misread that ball. But the I think Rosarena was the one in left, I think. That one was a legit, you got to get up a little bit. Yeah. But he gave up a couple of shots. But he got out but of there. Nine unscathed. pitches, all good. Yes, yeah, exactly nine right. pitches. He got to fulfill his dream of pitching in the All Star game. Then I saw our Mets friend Pete Alonzo, Jerry. He struck out twice. <laughs> yeah, he did. But was praised for his defensive. Scoop. Oh, he made a knock it off. A defensive the, scoop. That, Jerry. that headline was hilarious. You know what he did? What'd what he a do? major league first baseman should do. He caught the ball. Scoop a ball. Stop. Yes. Nice well, they play. Were, they were praising on. it. All of the newspapers, Jerry. Okay. They were all. You know why? They had nothing scoop. else to write about. I guess so. Right. It wasn't a high scoring game. 
what it was. Kodai Sanga chose not to pitch. Aaron Judge is injured. Who else are you writing about? Shohei uh, Otani? You you agree to make the trip out there and then refuse to pitch? That's oh, a that's weird That's right move. up your alley. <laughs> are you out of your mind? Look at me. I'm an all-star. Don't have to go out there, yeah. <laughs> but I'm an all-star, everybody. That's that's right out of your playbook. But he so Kodai Sanga decided he didn't want that's to how, pitch? Yeah, that's how it goes. That's what it sounds like. I appreciate you uh, paying me to fly out here, put me up in a hotel, and pay for my meals and my family probably, but uh, I'm good. Did you like the? Did you see the introductions or did no. you not watch them? So they had they they were behind the fence in right field, and they would announce now from the New York Mets first baseman Pete Alonso and pitcher Kodai Sanga, and then they would come out of the fence and they were lined up with the kids and they were clapping their hands, and it was cool. It was it was interesting, and that's what they did for each team. And some teams had. More players than others. Yeah. Like the A's had one poor slob. <laughs> you know, the Mets had a couple of guys. The Rangers had 19 guys on the roster. Yeah, and here come the Texas Rangers Oh, team. my God, right. Here's the roster of the Rangers. And the Braves had a million guys. But it was neat the way they did it, I thought. It was kind of cool. I feel like back when the Mets were really terrible in the early 80s, when I first started following them, like John Stearns used to be the... The one representative? Yeah, they would let John Stearns, the catcher, be Mets representative. You might be right. Yeah. I, I don't remember. I'm going to Google that during the break. 19. You could do that. Get bigger random. 1982. Uh, yeah, 82 and 83. I'm going to look Perfect. at to see which Met represented. And how many? Probably just the one. Yes. I would think so. And I kind of feel like for whatever reason, Lee Mazzilli represented a time or two. Yeah, it could be. I'm going to check that too. Jerry. Rusty Staub ever oh, an all-star when he was at the Mets? I don't know. I don't know. Not sure. Rusty Staub was like one of the first bigger players. You know what I mean? Like now we see a couple of chunky guys. He was. You ever hear of Babe Ruth? What are you talking about? Who is this now? <laughs> Guy was eating hot dogs and drinking beer in the dugout. All oh, right, and smoking cigarettes. Good point. <laughs> he was one. Of I the have first heard of Babe Ruth. Guys. Yes, Babe Ruth only played you know sixty years prior. Yeah. Right, <laughs> when, good point. When New Era started making hats. Yes, Babe, you're telling me Babe Ruth was wearing a New Era hat? No way. I don't. Know. I saw an interesting fact about Babe Ruth. I don't know if it's true, but I saw it come up on the Twitter feed. One of those you know old time sports sites yeah. said Babe Ruth never once wore a Yankee jersey with the interlocking NY on the chest. What was his Yankee jersey? Just pinstripes. Oh. And just the number on the back. That was it. And I think when he first, I think when he first came to the Yankees, I don't even think they had numbers on their back. I don't think. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. I meant to double check that, but I never did. Came imagine, across on the Twitter feed. Imagine if I had a rare photo of Babe Ruth in With the, the other jersey. Interlocking NY. Yeah. You wow, might, again, this was a Twitter feed. I think it was old-time sports. And it had a couple of photos of him in just the, the blank pinstripe jersey. And, you know, had the Yankee cap on and everything. So, like I said, I meant to go look at all different photos, and I never did. I would take that right over to New Jersey Golden Auctions. I'd be like, I have this Babe Ruth picture, him in a jersey. No one thought he wore. What could I get for this? It's just a picture. You'd need the jersey. Oh, and yeah. And you can't buy a, a replica from Fanatics. Ah, oh, man, if I had that jersey, you're right. That'd be way more valuable. Imagine how heavy those jerseys were. They were like sweaters. Yeah, right. <laughs> put this wool sweater on and go out there and play baseball in August. All right, we'll take a quick break. 518, we're just getting started. We've got a very busy program for you with uh, Boomer and Geo coming up at 6 on The Fan. Oh, I was... No. Wrong person. I was glad it's not. 
was going to say, I was going to go see her last week, but this is the wrong person. This is Aretha Franklin. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And I have an Aretha Franklin story to yeah, lead you I, I into, saw. Jerry. And again, I'm getting annoyed by the headlines of these articles. They're trying to make these stories more interesting than they are. Right, this story is not interesting at all. Well, the story is, I guess, you know, Aretha Franklin passed away a number of years ago, and her family is fighting over her her will, which will be happening when I pass away, Jerry. All of my family will be fighting over my 401k fortunes. Yeah, especially if you sit on it and don't do anything with your money over the next 30 years. Right. No, I'm I'm going to burn that. I'm going to burn right through that. You should. You don't have to have anybody to leave any money to. Yeah. So I guess they had some sort of, um, she had some sort of will, and then they found... This is what the article said. They found a, a a written will, handwritten will in in her couch. What? So someone's going through the couch cushions and here's Aretha Franklin's will, handwritten, and it was different than the other will that was typed up. Mm-hmm. But then I go, let me let me see. This thing was like in a couch cushion. That's what you're telling me. And I go, then you read the article. They go, it was. They found it under her couch. Right. Not in the couch cushions. Not in the couch cushions. Couch cushions, you'll find change. You'll find crumbs from food. food. Yeah, you'll find food wrappers. You're not going to find a handwritten will. But the the a jury found that the will that they found under the couch is valid. In addition to the typed up one. I suppose, yeah. But they were different. They were different. Uh, different. Some people were in the one will and were not in the handwritten couch will. Yeah. Very confusing. I don't know when you're supposed to get a will. Like, should I have a will right now? Uh, probably. I mean, you got to leave your money to somebody or something or some foundation. Or whimsy. I kind of like to see Whimsy's my, not outliving him. my family fighting it, fighting it over it. I'd love to split the family up over my will. But you're really something. <laughs> I mean, what a piece of work you are. <laughs> Just leave it to your nieces and nephews and move on. <laughs> oh, my God. And Kim and I got a will when uh, Matthew was born. Okay. So That's we've had like, one since uh, 04. We have to be responsible adults now. We have a child. That is exactly Let's get a will. It's exactly yeah. how we felt. Correct. And do you have to update that will? Yes. You do. So you buy a fate like... You have another say- child. Oh, right. You have another child. Oh, she's left out. <laughs> listen, we forgot to update the will. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, listen, they'll be like... Unfortunately, you pass away, Jerry, and they'll be like looking for your will. Like, Unfortunately, Boomer's going to have a party. It sounds like <laughs> fiesta time. Like we um, we checked couch cushions and everything, yeah. and did not find an updated will from Mister Recco. So we're going to have to go buy only the one son gets everything. <laughs> but like, if you go get yourself, uh, like, let's say you go buy yourself a brand new Corvette, you got to put that in your will now. You got to. I would the- think any of your anything that any of your belongings. That you, you own. You know, I was looking over Wills a couple years ago. Just, uh, and just decided not to do one. <laughs> what a weird thing. to Boy, you have some strange ways to kill time during the week. But now in these... I do. That is uh, true. Yeah, I, I know. But now in these Wills, they even... They have, like, who gets your digital Google photos. Like, I'm that's sure it's your property. Now. Yeah, yeah, of course. Your digital photos. Who gets your photos? And all your nudes. <laughs> <laughs> My tasteful nudes I've taken of myself over the years. I'm going to leave those to a, a private art gallery. Get rid of this. Yes. I saw uh, Zion Williamson, Jerry, who's um, 
You would say he had has had a disappointing NBA career. He hasn't had an NBA career yet. He hasn't played. So it's been very disappointing. Yes. He was on some sort of podcast. So he was on, I have the audio here. Oh, okay. He was on the Gills Arena podcast in Vegas. Gills Arena. I think that, and I did this quick. I believe it's Gilbert Arenas, but I'm that not. That makes sense. Makes sense with Gills Arena. Yeah. Um, it's in Vegas, and it's very strange. It's one of these things that's on YouTube, and he's sitting there with three or four other guys, and Zion Williamson just, like, walks in. Yeah, I saw a video. He's standing up. The, yes. He's standing up. He's not near a microphone. So the audio is like. not great. Yeah. But, Eddie, if you can jack up the audio for me here, they ask him, has it been tough to lose weight and diet? And here was his answer. Uh, there are times when I will say that, man, that's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard, man. Like, you 20, 22, got a lot of money. All the, it feel like all the money in the world, man. It, and they would go on to say, but... Now I'm surrounding myself with the right people, yeah. making it a little easier. Okay. He's right. Like, if you're a rich person, young or old, you have the opportunity to go out to restaurants nonstop. You have the opportunity to do anything you want. Yeah. I'm Boomer Esaias. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it is hard if you're eating out sure. a lot to not put on weight. Other yes than and no. What, yes and no. What we've talked about and you bring up with, uh, you know, when you're an athlete, a young athlete. Which he is. Which he is. You're generally burning a lot of calories. And he's playing basketball. Yeah, which is why, like, even like Ocho Cinco, we would see. He would have McDonald's three day, three times yeah. a day. And, and he's yet, ripped. Why? Because he was working out and running. This tells me, I understand he can go out to dinner and do all sorts of things. But that tells me that he's not putting the work in. Right. Because a kid like him... I, uh, I am certainly prone to gaining weight more than some, and, and I know that. Body types are different. But you can't tell me if that kid is in the gym, like Kevin Durant is in the gym nonstop. You can tell me if this kid's in the gym all the time, he's going to put this weight on. I know he was injured. I get that. But there are still things you can do to stay active. Yeah. I don't know. I It's weird. Would make me very nervous trading for him. Yes. Or, or you take what he said after that about surrounding himself with the right people, He's matured a little bit now, and that maybe he's turned a corner. That's the risk you take. Yeah, but I think he'd need to see some evidence of that. Well, the first thing I'd like to see is him play more than 20 games in a season. Okay, that's number one. I think he Good played point. 60-something one year, and that was it. The other couple of years, it was like 20, 24, not much. So you're saying as of right now, Knicks fans dodged a bullet with that one, as they say, as the saying goes. Well, as of now, when you look at that draft class, yeah, I mean, he he was the prize and it was like R.J. Barrett, they ended up with a three. Nice player. R.J. Barrett's pretty good. I like R.J. Barrett. I think he's a good player. I'm going to pull up Zion Williamson's stats, okay? Would you now, say R.J. Barrett's pretty good player, Jerry, or would you say he's a pretty good player? Pretty good. Uh, pretty good. I like okay. R.J. Barrett a lot. All right, so three seasons in the NBA. His second season, he played six, uh, four seasons, actually. His second season... Um, he played 61 games. So rookie year, he plays 24 games. He was only 19. All right, whatever. Second year, he plays 61 games. All good. Injured year number three. Doesn't play at all. And last year, he played 29 games. So he's four years in already. He's four years into his career, and he has played a grand total of around 100 games. And he's already signed a monster contract. Based on what? And think of all those, all those hours on WFAN of people... We're getting Zion Williamson. It's well, going to be awesome. Can you make the case that things would be different had he been drafted here where 
it's pretty well known he wanted to be here. Maybe maybe motivation's different. Maybe the people around him are different. Maybe he maybe he plays eighty games a year. Who knows? Right. No. This is a good point. Nobody grows up wanting to play for the Pelicans. Well, when he got drafted there, I remember you saying, "Is he is something to the effect of is he even excited this morning?" Yeah. No, he went to New Orleans. That New Orleans is a nice city, but it's the Pelicans. It's not the Lakers, right. the Knicks, the Celtics. Even the Heat, who are a newer team, but at least have something with Wade and Shaq and LeBron and Bosch. Like, at least they've created a little bit of a history. Yeah. The Pelicans isn't even a real name. Yes. It's a stupid state bird. And I know they could be dangerous if they attack you with those big that big gullet of theirs. And they'll put a whole fish in there. Was Toucan Sam a pelican? No, he was a toucan. Oh. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Toucan's a type of a bird? Yeah, it's a type oh. of a bird. Yep. So it was otherwise it'd be Pelican Pete. Pelican Pete <laughs> would be a great cereal, but a terrible name for an NBA franchise. I agree. <laughs> Jackass. That's a great one. <laughs> no, pretty stupid, actually. Here's an interesting story, Jerry. The... L.A. Dodgers baseball team. They drafted Clemson QB DJ Uigalalali. <laughs> oh, this is Boomer's guy. Yeah, Boomer's guy. He had a Boomer was cutting a, a, a Ungalele. Uh, Odyssey sportsman at yes. once and could, had a hard time saying his name. How do you see you, you nailed Ungalele. it? Yeah. <laughs> Ungalele. Yeah, So they they selected him in the twentieth round of the MLB draft. Nice, very good. So. So, so he's what? not been drafted in the NFL yet. I don't he's think so. He's still quarterback in uh, yeah. Clemson. Hmm. Do you think he'll go to the Dodgers? I there? didn't even realize he was a good baseball player. Me neither. I did not know that. Remember, I did not know that. It was Kyler Murray who was the the last guy that I remember. Okay. Was a, a football player that got drafted uh, baseball. And we know over the years, John Lynch, who played for the Bucks and is now uh, the Niners uh, GM. What about John Elway? John Elway is a great one. Was drafted yeah. by the Yankees, I believe. That's exactly right. Now we got another one, D, uh, DJ Ungalele. <laughs> DJ Ungalele, mm-hmm. sir. Go ahead. Ui Ungalele. DJ Uge. <laughs> Ui Ungalele. DJ Ui Ungalele. Is that right? No. Ungalele. <laughs> DJ Ui Ungalele completed twenty nine. No. <laughs> Ui Ungalele. Correct. Ui Anga Galay. Not Galay. Ui Anga Lalay. <laughs> DJ Unge Uge Ue Anga Galay. Not Galay. Lele. God. Ue Anga. Ui Anga Lele. Mm-hmm. One more time. Yeah. Ui Anga Lele. Not Anga. It is. There's a, there's, there's a got in there. Yes, but not two. <laughs> DJ Ue Gunk. Come on, Jesus! <laughs> I said this a thousand times last week. Ungalelele. Ui anga. Ui ah. Ui anga lele. Ui anga lele. Ui anga lele. Nailed it. Ui anga lele. There you go. Eddie's really good at those sportsmen. Yes. Well, Eddie, because Eddie knows college football. He, lo- so he, he knows loves the players. It. Yeah. So he has not played high school. He's di- he does not play in college. He hasn't played baseball since high school. Wow. And so they, they decided still to pick him. Yes. Sometimes these teams just drafted a guy that they think is an elite athlete. Yeah. And they go, he's played. But, like, what's in it for them to draft him? So he played baseball. I'm just trying. I'm reading this here. Yeah. He was – this makes no sense. And the article's reading how this pick made no sense. In high school, he was a pitcher. 
He topped out at 91 miles an hour with his fastball. That doesn't sound very high. No. Not in Major League Baseball. It's not 99 miles an hour. Uh, no, it's 91. And mm. it's it's basically... Is he a hitter? Uh, no, I... According they, to this story, he pitched. Oh. I'm not saying he didn't hit. I don't know. It was maybe, high school. He might have. Maybe they see him as the next Shohei Otani two-way player. Uh, I'm trying to see. Uli uh, Angalalele. Kyler Murray in 18. Let's see. Let's see if they give you anybody. Yeah, no, that's pretty much the story. Yeah. The, the story is, here's the headline. Dodgers stun everyone by selecting DJ <laughs> Ungalalele. Do you think <laughs> DJ himself was stunned? I would he think got so, call? just from the standpoint of he hasn't played since he wasn't playing in college. Yeah. He probably figures baseball was behind him. But I'm sure, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say maybe he's got an agent or someone that was working behind the scenes for him, but I, don't, I have no idea yeah, how that works. That's an interesting one. Yeah, I don't know. Final MLB, pick for them. MLB draft is weird. Of all the drafts, you have no idea who's. Who anybody is. Yeah. No. Because no one watches college baseball. You don't, un- unless there's a Bryce Harper coming out. Who there have been guys that have been picked that have had like Mike Trout. I remember when he got picked, that was a big name. Harper was a big name, but for the most part, unless you're watching college baseball, which not many people do, you have no clue who these guys are. Yeah. And then on top of that, it's very rare that you see a guy before three or four years. Right. You draft them and then they disappear. They go to rookie ball. They got to work their way up a little bit. Harper rose quickly. I think he was 19 when the Nationals brought him up. He wasn't in the minors very long at all. Maybe even 18, actually. But for the most part, you drafted. Like, the Mets drafted Brandon Nimmo. I don't think we saw him for four or five years. I would have to look. Was he, It was 2011, maybe, or 10 he was drafted. Then he looked like this goofy kid. I, remember, I actually remember when he was walking around City Field, and he was an American Legion player, I think. I don't think he went to high school. It was an American Legion ball. Out of wherever the hell he's from. And like, this was your, where? Wyoming. Wyoming. Like, this was your first round pick. And now look what he's turned out to be a solid pick. We got to take a break. All right, 538. We got more to do. And then we've got the Boomer and Geo coming up at six on the fan. Hey, so a couple of updates for a while. One update in particular. What was, oh, Brandon Nimmo. We were talking about him. So I went back and looked. He was drafted. As an 18-year-old in 2011, did not make his Mets debut until 2016. So this is like uh, when when a MLB player gets drafted, it's like uh, then they get drafted to go to college. Uh, essentially, right? in a lot of cases, some do go to college, even though they get drafted. Some go the minor league route like Nimmo did. But in the NFL, you get drafted, you play in six months. Right. Do you think you'd rather get drafted in baseball and go to the minor league system or work your way up or go to college and try to? I think it would depend on what position, what organization, and what the path looks like. That's what I think. I feel like the Carolinas have good college baseball teams. Like Duke. Florida, Texas, South Carolina, Georgia, all those southern states because they play year-round. Those warm climates. Yeah, absolutely. we got to get to a warm climate, Jerry. Uh, yes. Right now, we're in a northeast climate. It's warm here right now. Right now is good. Matter of fact, how about me? I wa- I played uh, golf with Lepresti, my dad, and my son yesterday. Went back to the scene of the crime in Howell. Where you got and whacked? I took that tree head on. Um, me and Lepresti walked the course. Four and a half hours, I put the bag on my back, and I walked the whole thing. And I actually felt pretty good. You put the team on your back. I did. And I said to him... Like it's amazing. I move slightly the wrong way. I can't walk for a week because of disc slips. 
yet I can throw the bag on my back and play for four hours. Makes no sense. Yeah, that does make no sense. No sense. Who shot better, you or I was horrific. Really? Yes. One of the worst rounds I've had in 20 years. Wow. Yes. He was much better. He was much better. Although he had a bad back nine. His front nine was very good. My son, who's only played eight times, beat me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Do you get frustrated on the course? No, I used to. On? I don't. I don't yeah. anymore because I don't. I am not. I don't play enough to take it seriously. So, so I'm you, good. You give yourself leeway and forgiveness because you don't play as. Yeah, it's often. weird. I don't have the That's same. Good. When I used to be halfway decent, if I'd miss a shot, I would get angry. Now it's like, eh, hope I can find the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Hope I'm not wasting another ball. Correct. Ah! That did not happen yesterday. That did not happen yesterday. Yesterday was a good day. That's what you got to do, Jerry. You return to the scene of the accident. Uh, Now you've won. Now the next time you go there, you've already played there without having hit yourself in the face with a golf ball. Yes. So I'm confident to go back again. But Uh, my starter, George, was there again. He was the guy that called in. Were you here when he called in? No. Oh, you were out. I was That's out. right, because you were, yeah. I just saw a social media post of you with a giant uh, s- stitches on your face. That's right. And you wanted to know if it was real or not. Right? Yes, I was like, what is going on over there? Yeah, that was unfortunate. The um, MLB All-Star break has not been fun for everyone, Jerry. There, You know, you get a nice couple days off. If you're not going to Seattle, Yeah, you get to see, spend some time with the family, get to relax a little bit mid-season. Uh, White Sox pitcher Lucas Giolito, Jerry. He's been served with divorce papers during All-Star Week. They've been married for four years. They have no kids. He's fine. They've been together, I was reading, since they were teenagers. I did see this. Teens. Teens, yep. Uh, And now, divorce time. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? But you're right. No children, Jerry. He's a Major League Baseball player. He'll be cleaning up soon enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he probably will be, and he will be just fine. I would go right on the radio in Chicago where I play and be like, I'm single now, so (laughs) hit me up. I'm sure people know already. I don't think he's got to go on the radio to do that. Right. He could play it very casual. (laughs) That's funny. I feel like he, uh, I know his name from... He must have put in a nice performance against the Yankees. Yeah, he had a six-inning no-hitter, and he decided to come out of the game. (laughs) That was it. I knew I knew this dude from somewhere. It's hilarious. Lucas Giolito. Right. He was the guy that got, that left the game with a no-hitter. Not only that. Not only, what? It's not only the fact that he had a no-hitter and didn't finish it or even try to finish it. Yeah. He wasn't even at a high. I think he was at like 97 yeah. pitches. He wasn't even at 100 yet. And it was more the more so the fact watching it as his manager comes over, whatever his name is, I don't remember. And he basically tells him you're out. And he's like, okay. Yeah. So go fight for your no-hitter. Yes. Fight. Like, come on, guys is, don't care. This is probably how we wound up divorced, Jerry. Oh, he wasn't my. fighting <laughs> for the marriage. It all started when he didn't want to pitch. Right. He probably came <laughs> home, he's like, see that performance? And wife's like, yeah, why'd you <laughs> get back out there? <laughs> I don't know that I could be married to you. I'm telling you, man, it was bizarre. But, yeah, that's the guy. And he's a good pitcher. Is a, Yeah, he is a very good pitcher. A good pitcher. Uh, in other news, I'm curious about this, Jerry. So I see Kevin Costner. We know him from, of course, Field of Dreams, the greatest, one of the greatest sports movies of all what time. What about JFK? Oh, yeah, he was in JFK, too. That was not a sports movie, though. What about Bull Durham? Ooh, Bull Durham, another <laughs> sports movie. Good one. Like You're like, we know him from. We know him from a lot. <laughs> if you build it, How about The Bodyguard? That was oh, a great role for him. Bodyguard, yeah. That was a very good Whitney Houston. What about Tin Cup? Great movie. Love Tin Cup. Dances with Wolves. Oh, Dances you with know, Wolves. You know, I never saw that. 
It's it's like one I know I should have. Waterworld. I, just... I all right now, people mocked Waterworld. I enjoyed it. You saw it. I and liked enjoyed it too. It. I thought it was a bizarre look into the future. I thought it was neat. I did actually. I did not see that one. Do you have any idea what the premise of it is? No. Okay. No way out. Was that his? Not I, sure. I don't know. I didn't see it. Terrific actor, Jerry. Yes. So he has been ordered to pay his ex-wife $129,000. $129,000. Every month. Yeah, well, this is the expected result because he was offering 57000 She wanted two sixty, So they came right in the middle. Now, they've been married since 2004, so not quite 20 years. I know he's done a lot of things. Yeah. He's got... Does, you think he's got this money rolling in every month to be paying $129,000 a month for child yeah, support? Absolutely. Kevin Costner? Yeah. But, like, where's it coming from? His net worth is right now. Now, I know you can't take everything from Google. I yeah. understand that. Trust me. They're not that far off. His net his net worth right now is around $400 million. Oh, my gosh. So I'm pretty sure that he can probably afford 127000 a month, not to mention the fact I believe... That new show, that Western show that's on Paramount oh, or whatever. Right. Yeah. I think he's the executive producer uh, of that, too. Yellowstone. Yes. Yeah, you're probably right. He's made a fortune. Oh, good And point. can continue to work. I was just now, wondering. Now, my question would be. Yeah. Is she not working? Because I believe in the last article that I read, she does not work. She just has to raise the kids, which is fine. I understand that. But I think the kids are older, too. I don't mm. think they're infants. I think right, one's right. like 17 and the other's like 12. Yeah, they're not infants. Right. So you have kids that are self-sufficient at this point. Does that not get taken into account? Like, she could work, too. She could. Which of his projects do you think he gets the best check? I'm going to take Yellowstone out of it because it's currently going on. But like, do you think he's getting a Field of Dreams check every month? I would think so. I mean, Boomer still gets checks from uh, Game Time. Yeah. Or no, what was that movie? The Game Plan. The Game Plan. Yeah, but I know like it's not much. Minuscule. Because he wasn't the star in the movie. He had a he had a, a small part. Kevin Costner. Let's see. Kevin Costner. I'm going to pull up his IMDb. Yeah, he's probably been in other huge things we're not even thinking about. Of course he's. Been. But you're right. I like I forgot Bodyguard. I wouldn't even thought of that. Yes, I remember that. Actually, that's one of those movies I saw in the uh, theaters with my wife. Yeah. With my girlfriend at the time. All right, let's see. Let's see. Rolls for Kevin Costner. All right, you ready? Oh, my Lord. Yellowstone, we know that. I never heard of this, never heard of this. There are things, you see, the problem is he produced a lot of stuff. Yeah. He had some role in Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. I don't know what his role was in that. Um, but there's so much, there is so much stuff here. He's got, all right, so here you go. As a producer, he's got five projects that are coming out soon. As a director, he's got two projects that are coming up. So he's going to be making money. Man, it would be so yeah. great to get residual checks every month. Like, here's my here's my Field of Dreams check. Here's my bodyguard check. Oh, here comes my tin cup check. Maybe eventually Man. you guys could get residuals for this. Warm-up. Oh, that'd be awesome. Who do he, we... How about this? He was an extra in Night Shift in 1982. Oh. He, might, he might have been a corpse in that. Okay. Eddie and I love Night Shift. Michael Keaton and Henry Winkler. That is a great movie. He was Alex in the Big Chill. Oh, that was a bit. Uh, I mean, I'm going back to movie. 1982 and 1983. Yeah. Here's a good one. He was in The Untouchables. That was uh, that was a big movie. Completely forgot about that one. That was a big movie. No Way Out, you're right. Bold, here's the run. This is the run. Untouchables, 
And this is all from 87 to 89. Listen to these four. Untouchables, No Way Out, Bull Durham, Field of Dreams. And then you've got after that, Dances with Wolves in 90. Oh, Robin Hood. He was in that in 1991. JFK, The Bodyguard, Wyatt Earp. Forgot about that. Waterworld, Tin Cup, The Postman. Did you see yeah, that one? I, did I actually, actually, actually like that one too. I thought that one was crazy. This guy's worth a fortune. Yeah. So he'll have no problem paying that 129. Well, The Guardian. I don't remember that movie. It all started with Night Shift, though. To shut up. To shut up. I imagine that means we got to take a break. To, to shut, shut up. This is from Night Shift. Oh. This is from Night Shift, yeah. To shut up. Another one of those movies I saw once. Uh, it's a good one. That's I know the song. One. Yeah. All right, we're take a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap it up. I see uh, Gia standing by. We got Boomer here as well. It's a big Wednesday on the fan. Right now, Odyssey Sportsman and Amy Lawrence on the All-Star Game. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. Right, so we get you to Boomer and Gio, the big story that you left out, Al. I see the uh, MLB Players Association. They want for the playoffs to add a few more seconds I agree with to this. that pitch clock. I 100% agree with really? this. Really? I, I actually love the pitch clock. I think they need about, I would say, four seconds I would like added to it. Now, Rob Manfred at different times said, oh, yeah, we we're open to discussing this. And other times said, I think the playoffs should be played exactly like the regular season is played. Yeah, except that's never been the case in every sport because they don't officiate football games the same way. They don't that officiate hockey games the same way. And if you're not going to add time to it, then I would suggest starting. It's another way of adding time to it. Starting it slightly later. Because it does feel, and I do like it, I like the time of games, the games move, they're not nearly as boring. All of that is true. But I do find from time to time, in the course of a game, multiple times, it's a little rushed. And I would like, like I said, I think like three, four seconds. I'm not telling you, at 30, I like what they've done. Three or four seconds would be good. Start it a little later or add four seconds. And if I take four seconds for every pitch, how much is that going to add on? To well, if you average season, each game, you game. figure 100, 250 pitches on average times four seconds. You'll figure it out. I don't know. What are you adding? Eight minutes? It's not much. I think it's uh, adding four hours. No, it's not adding I, four I, hours. I may have did the math wrong. If 60... I'm trying to do it in my head, Jerry. It seems like it's adding four hours it, to the game. It's not adding four hours to the game. People don't board. want that. Oh, okay. All right. People don't want... An additional four hours added to an MLB if playoff game. If 15 pitches in a, is four seconds is 15 pitches, it's a minute. So whatever. You're adding like eight minutes to the game. Hmm. They're down to two and a half. Two thirty-eight's fine. Jerry, I don't have eight minutes. Oh, come on. I have to live my life. What boredom Damn are you going to be faced with today? Today? <laughs> yes. Not sure what I'm going to. Yes. I start the will today? <laughs> I'll look it over. <laughs> You'll look it over. Google wills. Yesterday I tried. I was like, let me get in on this Amazon Prime day. WFAN. WFAN FM. WFAN FM HD1 New York. Always live on the free Odyssey app.